Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. You don't have to think about it. It is right here. It is right now. So strange. Said you now. How you doing today, Brandon Stokely? I'm doing great. How you doing? Doing fantastic. Welcome back. Happy Monday to you. Great to be back. Was, uh, took a couple robies. No, not a not 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 a robie. Not a couple robies. It's actually. Well, you took a couple Robies. not a Roby day. That, that, you took a couple Robies. I mean, what were you? What were you? What were you doing? I was working. You were working. I was working. I was working well, a different job. This job. Oh, you got two jobs. I got two you jobs. You cheating on me behind my back? Hey, <laughs> what? Oh man, what are you I, doing, man? You want to know what? Um, shout out to you and who? Who filled that? Was it James? Oh my, I, that's it's been a long weekend, Zach. Okay, I'm trying to remember. Okay. Uh, what day were you gone? Uh, Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday. Um, I know I had Merrill at uh, both days. No, you were gone Thursday. Yeah, I you was were out gone Thursday. Thursday. You Gosh, were gone Thursday. Was, you well, took a Roby day. What were you doing? I don't remember. I don't remember. Goodness gracious. Holy cow, it was a long weekend. Uh, so no, what did I, I do Thursday? You uh, had a doctor's appointment. That's right. I had my physical. How, yes, the, how did, am I on top of there, this there, stuff? There, there. Like, yeah, yeah. Goodness Gosh. gracious. Ah. So we're both out we're Thursday. Both out yeah. Thursday, and then I was out Friday. Um, I was out of the state. I was, and, and this was so cool because I had not done this in six years. Uh, I've called games in the last six years for sure, but I have not called a conference tournament. Uh, so I flew to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and called the Summit League Conference Tournament at the Denny Sanford Premier Center oh, in Sioux Falls, love and uh, it. called the DU Men's and Women's Basketball uh, Tournament. And it was just so fun. You know, the one-off How'd they do? nature. We'll get to that in a second. Well, oh. You know, the one-off nature of a conference tournament setting. It's like all the schools are there. All their bands are there. All their cheerleaders are there dancing. Like, it's just, it's, just, it's just awesome. And the loser, your season's over. Yeah, it's it, done like that. Done like that. And it's, it's just so fun. And so it's a lot of cramming the information and pronunciations. And, you know, I'm not on the call every, every, every night. So it was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, did not last very long for for either DU men or women. For the women who ended up on Sports Center, oh no, yes, oh for the wrong reason. They they Break had it a, down real quick. They had I'll, I'll summarize it real quick. They dominated a basketball game for three and a half quarters. Were up twenty three to seven. Oh no, did not trail until like four or five minutes left in the fourth quarter. College uh, basketball a few years ago they changed it. Not two halves. Two it's four quarters for for on the women's side. They they Why? um. Uh, I don't know. That'd be interesting. Like, I don't know. I I, I give forget. you some research to do okay. tonight. Why why they did that? But they dominate. They're playing. Everything was supposed to be perfectly the same. They were playing a a, a Kansas City team uh, oh. that only oh. suited up seven players, and the, the the one chick just would not let them lose. But DU is is tied with three seconds left. They hit a shot with three seconds left. They 
I, they, I'm on the call. I'm like, right. oh, D, you, you banked it give off me, the glass girl with double team. I mean, was, was, did you bring something? <laughs> oh, my God, that shit got and then did kinda, you react to the other one? Kinda, yeah. Like, oh no! Yes, and I'm like, I'm like, and she banked it. It was a straight line. She's double teamed. End of the shot clock. Throws it up. Banks it off. Like, oh my gosh, DU's up two with three seconds. With three left. seconds left. You can't lose. Kansas City inbounds the ball without a hiccup. Without a hiccup. Where's no, the defense? No Where was the defense? They were in scramble mode, getting back. And the one, and the one, a uh, young woman for Kansas City. Timed it up perfectly. Used every second of the 3.2 seconds. She took a big extra dribble, dribble to get across half court. She launches it, banks it. I need to see that video. With no time left. It was on Sports Center. No time left. So it was almost like a double game winner. So right. pretty pretty oh. unique to be on the call for that. I can't I remember bet. that quite happening like that uh, for a call that I've been on. For our listeners here who never um, uh, who listen to us, I, I know you never bring this up, but is this your first time calling games? So, <laughs> I mean, you only tell us like three or four times. But back when I was in college, I was a like voice of Albany, and I called his game, I called his game. So when it when so it comes is, up, oh, I do, well, I, I do share. <laughs> Um, no, three so, or four times. No, a week so I do. called over 350 Division One sporting events See, over, a six, over a six-year period. Go. You teed me up for it. I'll pay it off. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was. It, but who keeps track? Who, it who was, keeps count? Right. It, it was mean, a blast. It was a blast. And on the men's side, they lost their second best player. Broke his hand. Wasn't available for the game. And it happened in the last game. In the second half, happened in the last game. Uh, so they were they were kind of undermanned and ended up losing by 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 fifteen points and so it, that was that was uh, unfortunate. But that program was questionable the, for the game. Th- that program's heading in the right direction. They, they had a, they hired a coach Jeff Wilburn three years ago. Stoke that program won two games. So they won fifteen this year, more than last year. Moving so in the right direction. Moving in the right direction. It's about progress for them. So shout out to that program. Shout out to that coach. Shout out to that staff. They treated me great uh, over the weekend. How do you lose? A, how do you let the person get across half court when you just made the shot and there's only three seconds left? Like full court. Like it happens like you, so. It happens so quick. She oh. had a defender on her. She had her defender right on her hip. Wow. Just, really? Yeah. I, I, we'll we'll pull up the video on a break. But um, so anyway, Kessler's got the call. No. Can we play it? Who's call? Zach's call? No. no. Yes. Wait, hold yes. on. I think no, I no. want to preview this. No, no, first. no, no. No, you're not. <laughs> We're going to go play the call right now, Chicken Fingers. Oh, my God. And they're going to try to get in the hands of Emma Smith, and they do. <laughs> 13 seconds left. Emma Smith dribbling between the legs, hounded by the defender, gets a post up on the right elbow to Michaela Brandon. Michaela Brandon dribbles in and bangs it off the glass. She was double teamed and somehow went high glass for the finish. Here comes Kansas City the other way. A shot at the buzzer. It goes in. Sanai St. Andre, the junior, bangs in a three off the glass to end Denver's season. You sounded more excited when the second girl made the the buzzer beater to beat DU. Well, that's 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 the game winner with no time left. I'm not I'm not. But you're part of DU. You're you're um. What what, what do we? Uh, I'm telling the I'm telling the story of the game. You did a good job. That's that's a, that's not an easy thing to do. It's not, and I'm not solo. An easy, and I'm solo right. on the call. Not easy. Not easy. Good so job. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was a fun weekend in, in, in Sioux Falls. So shout right. out to uh, to that those That was good programs. stuff there. Way to get that. Uh, yeah, quick finger. turnaround. Jeez, man, God. he's on it today. I felt bad, man. These girls were on their knees oh. playing their last college game ever. You know, it's like like you know, just weeping. You go from like thinking, "Oh my gosh, we just won this game nearly at the buzzer." Oh. To our season's over, my career's over type of thing. So, um, it anyway, happens. 
It happens. Uh, that's the way it is in football. You know, it's like, boom. Uh, playing the playoffs with the Broncos. I was expecting to, you know, keep on rolling. Lose the football game. Right. My last ever game there. Right. You know, against the Ravens. Like, right. it's just over. Hey, welcome to the real world. Don't and, get used to it. And, and, and with football, your last ever football game, it's the last ever time you've played football. Yeah. Like, these girls can turn around and play in a pickup basketball game today. You know, one or two of them might, you know, go play overseas or something like that. Football, once you're done, you don't put the pads back on right. ever, you know. So Good well, job on the call, though. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a nice job. Uh, how was your weekend? Did you were, uh, did, were you locked into a Nuggets uh, Grizzlies Friday night? Uh, what uh, a ESPN win! Game? Yeah, great win. Obviously, um, didn't start off great behind the eight ball there early oh on. Gosh. It's like, oh, they're getting bullied. They're just you know, this is going to be an awful matchup if they have to face them in the West and in the playoffs. Excuse me. And um, then they just turned it on their second half. Jokic, he had me a little bit nervous about that triple double. We talked about it on Friday and. I mean, he was right there the whole way. I mean, he was ahead of the curve the whole game. And then he didn't do get hardly any assist in the fourth quarter or second half, really, and ended up getting it real late again. So that was good. Once again, another win, another triple-double for Jokic, and a, a really good team win yeah. with, like, all eyes on that basketball game. No, no doubt about it. Uh, now 25-0 and when Jokic records a triple-double. 25-0. and If you extrapolate it to last year, I think it's 29-0. and It's the most ever con- uh, consecutive wins when any player in NBA history has a triple-double. So he continues to just raise his own bar that he set for himself. I mean, just think about that. You know, we've talked a lot about it and mentioned the numbers for, for weeks now. But think about that number that you're saying. And... and that's so hard to do because yep. he is having a triple-double, it seems like, almost every night, every right. other night. Right. And to, to have that type of team success when you're doing that also, it usually doesn't correlate that way. Not not to this degree. Right. I mean, yeah, this guy's having a great individual game, but you know what? We took an L there. Right. Right. And, he, you know, he got some. He got a couple late assists or got a couple late rebounds, whatever the case may be. But to have that many consecutive wins is just, I mean, it really is a remarkable stat. It is. And it's a straight, definitive line from his success to the Nuggets' success. And we've seen great triple-double artists in NBA history. Oscar Robertson, uh, Jason Kidd. Uh, Magic, LeBron, Westbrook. It's never correlated directly to winning to such an emphatic degree as it is with as it does with Jokic. So uh, Jamal was great in the second half. MPJ uh, MPJ played great. He had twenty six points. Um, so the the beat goes on with Denver. Uh, they would really stoke. They would really have to fall on their face in the last nineteen games of the season for them not to be the number one seed because that was a tiebreaker game. Uh, so creating even more distance between the number one and the number two seed. And it's the largest distance of any slotting in the Western Conference playoff picture is the one seed to the two seed. So the incredible yeah, season over. continues. It's, it's definitely over. I mean, and on top of that, you know, Jai running around with a, a gun, you know, and, and Instagram live and himself. And so he's going to be out for a while. Uh, who knows? They said at minimum two games. Sounds like it's probably going to be, be longer more. than that. It's be uh, more. He's taking a little time away from the team and trying to seek help. Yeah. Uh, so 
Uh, whatever he that look means. The, he needs to start with looking in the mirror. Well, yeah. And, uh, and I said this on air to you guys last week. I said, this guy is becoming, we're going from darling to one of my least favorite NBA players. Yeah. Because we now have you beating up a 17-year-old and coming out of the house with a gun in your waist with him. You have the red beam pointed in the Pacers uh, bus. You have his mom getting in a beef at finish line and you showing up with 12 of your buddies to beat up the people from finish line. And now you're pulling out a gun at Shotgun Willie's at 5 in the morning. Eventually, it goes from, yo, get the lames from out of your circle to, like, yo, you're at the center of your circle. You're at the center of this, repeatedly. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not good. He needs to, yeah, oh. yeah, I'm telling you. Wow. Yeah, so he's on Instagram Live, like, do, like with your gun, street dreaming. Bro, you're in the NBA. And, and and the funny thing is, is like, you know, he didn't even grow up in the hood. No. He was trying to act hard. And, I mean, he went to private high school. Yes, he did. And Parents are together. Yeah, That's why I like, said you're on. street dreaming. Right. Knock it off. All right. Hanging around with the wrong people. And, you know, you're going to end up like um, Aaron Hernandez. Yes. Because it was Aaron Hernandez taking a picture of himself with a gun in the right. mirror, flexing on social media. Yep. And a lot of times, young wannabe thugs grow up to be thugs. And you get yourself, and or you're going to have a real one step to you. It's not going to be good. So just he needs to take a step back, big time step back. Okay, Stoke, we are off and rolling on a Monday. The franchise tag deadline is 24 hours away. Are we sure the Broncos aren't going to use it? And we got things shaking in the NFL in that regard, and we'll get to it next. <laughs> Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. The NFL franchise tag deadline is about 24 hours away. Just a, just a tick over 24 hours from now. The franchise tag deadline will be in the books. And I, I got to pick your brain uh, a little bit later uh, on what the heck is going to happen with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Ooh, that ooh. one is like, yeah. what in the world? They got a couple choices. I have them here in our notes. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, are we sure? Now, I know you talked about this on Friday because since the last time we were on the air, the aim for Draymond Jones and his camp has been released. It was uh, Jordan Schultz who had the report late last week that Draymond Jones is looking for a deal between 60 and $70 million. Yep. Okay. First of all, is he worth that? <sighs> he's worth whatever the market says he's worth, right? Whatever a team's willing to, to pay him, that's that's really what he's worth. Um, didn't think Bradley Chubb was worth $100 million, but the Dolphins were willing to pay him that, right? God. I guess didn't technically that was, is how worth is defined. Right. I didn't, we didn't think he was, both of us, didn't think he was worth a first-round draft pick. Absolutely and, not. And, like, it just takes one team to tell you that's his value, and that's what the Dolphins said. So I think Draymond Jones is a really good football player um, and has a chance to hopefully continue to get better. Yeah. And as a as a fan of the Broncos and Broncos country, you don't want to lose guys like that. But you don't want to overpay, but sometimes you just have to for good football players. Like, you don't have a ton of them on this roster. And if that's the value, I, I've kind of gone back and forth on this one. Right. You know, yep. I really have. Yep. And it's been all, it's been hard, and it's, it's 
I'm not going to do the James Merrillat. You know, James Merrillat, he, he, he's off his rocker. Oh, he, oh yeah. Mean, he's yeah. just like open checkbook. Remember he said that he a couple weeks pay, ago? He wanted to pay Bradley Chubb $100 million. Yeah. And he said open checkbook, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You know, if another team offers him $80 million, you're coming in at $82.5. I mean, that, that's, that's his stance on Draymond Jones. I'm not there, but I want to keep the guy. Right, of and, course. And, and let's pay him. You know, that's fine. You pay him and you move on. We can figure out the salary cap. It's not that big a deal. But it's not, we're not going, you know, over, if someone else is going to way overpay, we're not going to way overpay them. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So I'm not, I'm not there. I want to keep Draymond. And if you got to pay him 60 to 70, you know, and it's 65 million over four or five years with 30 something, 40 guaranteed, it is what it is. Let's go. You know, we're trying to get this thing. We're trying to be a, a winner again. All right. We're not trying to watch good guys and get, uh, walk out the door and get compensatory picks left and right. Man, this is a tough one. Uh, this is why it, it's tough because I, I know I know it's tough because we've gone back to it so many times. Like we've been talking about this on and off sporadically for a couple months now, and for good reasons because it's kind of a conundrum. Can you afford to pay him that? Versus, can you afford to walk one of your best uh, watch one of your best football players walk out the door? If he gets what he's looking for, he's paid like a top ten player at his position. Uh, Spot Rack has his defensive rank financially if he gets paid what he's looking for, which is about $17 million a year as the sixth highest paid D-end in the league. Okay. Do I and think for context, just real quick, so I don't want to cut you up, yeah. but like, th- this is the way it goes, right? You know, Justin Simmons, was he the best safety in football two years ago when he's got his contract no. to make him the highest pi- price uh, paid, excuse me, paid safety? Yep. No, he, well, he wasn't. Right. Uh, but he was the highest paid safety, right? And, and so, like... Every year, someone's going to beat the next guy. That's right. Salary cap's going up. Yep. Money's going up. So to put a little context on it, you know, and then in, th- in two, three years, Draymond Jones will probably be, you know, out of the top 15, maybe top 20. Right. Yep. Nope. It's, it's good. That's good framing. That's good context. Here's what, like, here, here's like the intersection that um, I'll hit you with that I was thinking about this morning. What could age worse here? Because if you pay him like that, you're paying him like a star. Has Draymond Jones been a star here? I know a lot of folks' interpretation oh. of star yeah. gets a little bit, you know, twisted. Who, okay, who, okay. Who? Michael Porter Jr. is a superstar. Oh, that <laughs> so, guy. Oh, so, so, I forgot about that so, one. So, I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, you do? <laughs> also, wow. Should have never said that, Darren. <laughs> uh, we love you, D-Mac. But, like, so you'd be paying him like a star. Has he been a star? Like an NFL star? No. No. He's been no. a good. He's been a good player, and you'd have to pay him like a star. But here's the intersection question that I bounce off you here: What could age worse? Giving him a high level deal like this and him not producing like a star, or watching him walk in free agency and fully develop into the star that we think he can be, become? Well, I mean, both of those are are bad. Yeah, I said, what could age worse? Yeah. How about we pay him, and he and he's great here. Can we, can, why, didn't, why didn't you give me that choice? Is that, is that what what could age best? Is him uh, you, you paying him like a star and developing into a star? You paying him like a star, I think, and him just being, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't isn't a star, but he's he's a really good football player, and you need guys like that. But what what could age worse? There, um, gosh, they're both they're both really bad. Yeah, they're, they're right. yeah they're both bad scenarios. Right. I'm, I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to have a positive, nice, fun Monday and. You're like coming in with like two awful scenarios. They both stink, right? Um, but I think what could age worse is 
You pay him here. No, no, you watch him walk out the door, and he goes, and he, and he balls out, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, dude, we had that guy here. Look at him. He's getting 12 sacks a year, like, and we just watch him walk out the door. That's the worst-case scenario. At least if you're aggressive, sometimes it doesn't work out, and I think at the baseline, he's not going to be awful. It's not going to be awful. We know what he is. If he's just as long as he's healthy, right? He's going to be a good football player, right? Um, but the worst case scenario is you watch him walk out the dang door. I agree, and with he you. ends up being a really, really uh, or a special player somewhere else. I, I agree with you. I agree. Hey, Knuckles, how we, about that? We agree. We, we've seen some big signings in free agency not work out, and it sucks. Jawan James being one of them. Um, that's just the one that comes to mind. I, I know he wasn't here and then re-signed. Um, We've seen stuff like that happen, but we've seen what it looks like when you don't get your guy or whatever in the draft, and that guy goes on and flourishes as a star. That that seems to sting a little bit more because you're reminded over and over and over again. This one would be like we've we've preambled this for a year. Like we've we've seen this coming. He's asked about it in the season. I'm here right now. Like we've seen this coming. If he leaves and 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 goes on to become a star, that would absolutely suck. But I still have this dilemma of. Do I really want well, – if you sign him to a deal like this, four-year, $68 million, you're hoping he gets better, right? Like, this is not his ceiling. He's 26 years old. Right, he's entering his prime right now. This, these should be his best years ahead of him. Should be. Right, you've gone through the early times of building this thing and laying yep. the foundation down, and now he's going to be at his peak, at his best. These are the best years of his career. Yep. It's a but gam- I'll tell you it feels this. like a gamble either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you you know you know him as an organization better than anyone. Um, but so I, I'm on board with signing him to a long term deal. I'm not on no franchise tag. And and I think Cliss came out and said that it doesn't look like they're going to do doesn't that. Look like Good. It. I mean you shouldn't. And James is like oh, use it on him. Why not? You know I'm not. I don't want to pay him. Because I'm paying him like nineteen. Nineteen for one year for one season. All that goes on the cap this year. Right, and then next year you're stuck. Like, okay, do we give him like a twenty percent increase? And now it's like, no, you're not going to do that. Nope. So then you're probably going to just watch him walk out the door, and just either get the long term, you got get, deal with him done, or you just watch him walk. But to franchise tag him for one year and pay him around twenty million bucks makes no sense. I was open to this a couple months ago. Listening to you, you've you've totally changed my mind. That seems like the least likely scenario, and not what's best for the Broncos. Because I've, I've asked you this question through the years. Is player blank going to be on the next great Broncos team? He's got a chance to be that. But that's not this year. Right. So pushing all your eggs into next year yeah. doesn't make sense. Good point. So, okay. Uh, we are off and rolling. How about this? Superbook Sports, shout out, presents the Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge. Love this. All right. The winner of each round receives tickets to every concert at Cheyenne Frontier Days? What? The grand prize winner is going to take home five stacks? You kidding me? Powered by Xfinity, uh, 10G, Phil Longford, and Twin Peaks. Guys, register now. Get your friends or your office pool signed up, too. There's no downside. Doesn't cost anything. I don't know why you wouldn't do this with these type of prizes. Sign up at denversports.com slash bracket. Did this year's Josh Allen emerge from the NFL Combine? Hang tight. We'll tackle it next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. (laughs) 
successful album like one that like exploded yeah kind of got like a little that. I don't know if it's like a person with like an apple or something holding an apple in their hand is that, am I close to it is there's there like a baby like yes, riding a like baby. a dragon yes apple in their hand or no or did uh, I just no. make that up no uh, maybe maybe a different album cover that I'm thinking of but yeah and did the next Josh Allen emerge from the NFL Combine? I know you, you were glued Whoa. to the coverage of the fellas running around. Did not. Um, you know, it stinks now when you don't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick. Like, we're kind of – I mean, we used to do, like, updates, daily updates on the Combine. Like, the whole – like, we'd be oh, watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jake Plummer was in here, and we'd be yes. watching the quarterbacks throw. We don't have a first-round pick. Second round pick, it's kind of like, all right, whatever, Cecil, you know, tell us about the third round guys. Yeah, tell us what we need to know. But obviously I still follow it and still look and still notice and, and see this sure. guy that you're talking about that just absolutely killed the combine. Man, oh, man. And by the way, you gave Cecil a quick plug. If you want to check out Cecil's work, this is where I stole uh, the tease from. Did this year's Josh Allen emerge from the NFL combine is from uh, Cecil's work at DenverSports.com. I'm talking about six foot four. 244, Florida quarterback. We talked about him actually periodically during the season uh, from time to time, especially early when he went like magician early in the season. Oh, really? Remember remember what game that was? Uh, Was it, hold on a second, was it um, Utah? Yeah. From the Pac-12. That was like the first or second game of the season in Florida. Yes. And he just put on this epic performance for the ages. And all of a sudden went from, who's this guy? To like... National, this guy's unbelievable. There was like a two-point conversion where he like scrambled around and had yes. like four guys around him, and he's just like, "Oh my gosh, how did you just do that?" Um, and that and that really uh, caused some buzz. Six foot four, two hundred forty-four pounds, Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson set combine records for a quarterback with a vertical jump of forty and a half inches and a broad jump. Of 10 feet, 9 inches. Richardson, in his only attempt, then uncorked an official clocking of, four, of a 4-4-3 in the 40-yard dash. I was watching it, and he just looks like a locomotive. And he's about the size of 1-2. That's what makes this different. Guys have run that number at the Combine but not at 244 pounds playing quarterback. Absolutely a display of raw athleticism. Yeah, impressive, right? I mean, can you imagine? Just, um, you know where my mind goes, Zach. Where does your mind go? Is it is it relevant to our show and discussions that we've had? Well, um, uh, of course. Of course. I mean, like, um, it goes to... <sighs> more regrets. It goes to, you know, we, we missed out on Josh Allen, obviously. Didn't didn't select him. Watched him go. Justin Fields. And then, you know, you, yeah, you had a chance on Justin Fields. We'll see how that goes. Okay. But it, it, it really goes to, like, 
we could be watching this guy for the next 10 years if we didn't make that trade last year. Yeah. What pick would we had? Fifth. Fifth? Yeah. And he is not expected to go in the top five, but he will go in the top 12. Yeah. And, and by the way, excuse me. I don't want to sit here and say he's not going to go in the no, top no, five no. because there there are some right. buzz that maybe someone takes him number one overall. Exactly. I think he might be the second um, favorite now to go one overall. Is I that think right? something like that. Okay. He has moved up a lot. So he is in the conversation to go one overall. Incredible. And especially with a performance like that. Right. Quarterback, you could see a team move up to, you know, if he's available at two or three or four or five to try to get him. Now he might go eight, nine, ten, but we would be sitting there at five, Zach. We'd be sitting there at five, and he might fall to you. And, you know, will this be another one that we put up on the wall of could have been the Broncos, but, you know, we could be watching Anthony Richardson and just like this dynamic highlight film week in and week out, just be a magician on the football field and make offensive uh, football fun again. And But, nope, here we are just being depressed and watching old-time Russell. Mm. Hopefully that's not the case, but Hopefully. we have a few of these people up there. Yes. Josh Allen. You can throw Justin Fields up there if you want. Yep. Um, and I'm sure there's a few other ones, but those are the two, you know, really Josh. And But now this guy could be one where in three years, you know, Russell is eating greedy and, and being Drew Brees' neighbor over there in Calabasa, mm. wherever that is that, Sean Payton keeps telling us they're neighbors. Yeah, it's, it's not Calabasa, but s- somewhere Calabasa. Del Mar. Yeah, 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 something like that. And, you know, thick as can be. Oh, no. Oh, eating, no. eating healthy. No. Oh, he, no, yeah. He regresses. Yeah. Yo, how, what do you think? What do you think? Of course he does. Goodness. Living, living the life, right, with two chefs. I mean, you got to eat. You got to put them to work. And, and, and we're watching, you know, some who knows who play quarterback, and we're watching Anthony Richardson just deal somewhere, and it's like, you've got to be kidding me. It's, it's not that crazy. It's really not, because it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Seattle and Geno, which was thought to be a foregone conclusion that, yeah, both you know, they'll, they'll continue to work together, it doesn't sound like that's as, uh, as much of a foregone conclusion as it was about two months ago. Yeah, uh, and I think they both could happen. Where you sign Gino and you still draft this guy. You sign okay. Gino to a couple year deal, maybe, sure. Um, sure. And, and and you still can draft this guy. That would be smart. You always need to be looking in the future, and you have to be a little bit concerned that Gino Smith isn't the answer, right? And that he'll regress back to the mean, right? And go back to who he's been. It's just been really one good year from him. That's it. That's it. Every yep. other year has yep. been awful. Yep. So I think you have to prepare for that and also have to look out in the future. If you're Seattle, even if you do get a deal done, it's not going to be this massive type of five-year commitment to him. And so I think Anthony Richardson would definitely be in play. And if I was a team like Seattle, you can let him sit behind Geno for a year or two and learn and grow. He is super, super raw, super raw. But, but I'll bounce this off you. You know what his completion percentage this past year was uh, at, at Florida? What was it? Fifty nine percent. Uh oh. You're gonna tell me Josh Allen's completion percentage at Wyoming? Fifty six percent. Yeah. So Anthony Richardson has a better completion in the SEC than Josh Allen did in the Mountain West. How many touchdowns do you think Anthony Richardson threw this past year? Six sixteen. That's what Josh Allen threw his last year at Wyoming. Wow. This past year, Anthony Richardson threw seventeen. Okay. Seventeen 
17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Josh's last year, 16 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Their stats are similar. I looked at Josh, and I'm not going to be one of these retroactive people that say, oh, I knew Josh Allen, the Broncos. I, I did not think that he would turn into the quarterback he turned into. But now that we have this extreme developmental example in our recent memory, I am no longer looking at Anthony Richardson as, oh my gosh, this guy, because he couldn't complete passes and throw more than 17 touchdowns, which probably ranked like 70th in college right. football, that he can't work out at the professional level. And at the time, the, the talk about Josh Allen also was like, you don't see quarterbacks go from college to the NFL and get better with their completion percentage. It doesn't happen. Like, show me one person that's ever happened to. Right. It just, it, it's, it doesn't right. happen. It's right. never happened. Right. And so how can you expect this guy that's been very inaccurate in college to all of a sudden be an accurate and good good NFL quarterback? We haven't seen it, and he did it. And so I think now where the game is going now is is less in the pocket and more athletic ability, and then you're just making plays. And we're seeing it all over the place with these guys that can throw it but also move the, move the sticks with their feet and extend plays with their feet and how it's helped them out and – Josh Allen being, you know, a great example of that. And and now you're going to see if a guy like Anthony Richardson, who, you know, you look at a guy like Cam Newton, that, d- that dude's a big dude, right? Cam yeah. Newton, we've seen him a few times here, obviously, oh, yeah. in the Super Bowl. Cam Newton, do you know what size Cam Newton is? I'll guess six foot five, 250. Six foot five, 245. Oh, wow. Okay. Right on it. Quarterback for Florida, Anthony Richardson, who just blew away the combine, six foot four, 244. So, you know, similar size to a guy like Cam Newton who was just, I mean, he had some unbelievable years there in Carolina, and he was always this huge, huge quarterback. And that's who Anthony Richardson is, running a 4-4-3 and doing all those other, you know, remarkable feats, broad jump and and, uh, vert and all those things that he set records at. uh, Just so, so impressive. And we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. Um, But that might be another name that we put on the board of, oh, my gosh. He could have been ours. Goodness gracious. Okay. But that's where the NFL game is going. Yeah, and I, w- you know? I want to go back to that. I, I want to go back to that at, at some point uh, this afternoon because we need to delve further right. into the momentum that keeps picking up in that department. And and just to wrap a bow on this, cherry on top real quick, is you know Lamar Jackson. Yell coming out of college, like, oh, he can't throw the ball very well. He's very inaccurate, those types of things. Like, will it transfer? Will it translate? Well, you build an offense around him, and you start trying right. to do that. And he wins the MVP. Um, so, like, you know, it might not be perfect throwing the football. Justin Fields, he's not a good passer of the football his first year. He was awful. Last year, a little bit better. Yep. But he's using his athleticism to help himself out. And that's where you could see a guy like Anthony Richardson really take that step forward and, and, and be like one of those guys that's just like, oh, my gosh, wish we would have had him. All right, a very fascinating conversation uh, for me and one that we'll circle back to uh, a little bit later in today's show. But in the meantime, the Avalanche have now lost three in a row. But do they have a problem much bigger than a three-game losing streak? That's next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. There used to be, uh, there oh. used to, when you used to uh, read Slam magazine, when like oh. magazines were still a thing, they used to have a 
a, a, a piece every um, a piece every issue called "Picture Me Rolling." Oh no. Oh, and when no. I hear the song, I just think of like me and my teammates, like on our way to like Empire State games, just came out and there's like New York State tournament, just oh. like on repeat, right? Like it, it, there was this mixtape on repeat. I mean right. that beat, it's in- incredible. That's, I mean, incredible. Right. And Jada Kiss does, comes and does the cleanup duty on this one. Woo! Man, wow! All right, the Avs have now lost three games in a row. Do they have a problem much bigger than a three-game losing streak? Where are you at with a three-game losing streak? Is your is your are you are you back to eleven out of ten uh, on the concerno meter on the panic meter? Well, you know, um, I heard Mike having some fun with you this morning. Oh, he did. Bit. Yeah. Oh, he did. He did. Mike chirping off, huh? Well, a, a little Taking bit. Taking shots. A, li- a little bit. Well, I think it was very warranted where I was last year, right? And then I was the one that was calming the waters against St. Louis. Let's not forget that in the playoffs when mm. people were panicking and you had all these people. I'm like, all right, I'll take you to Dells. Or, no, excuse me, I'll take you to uh, Oh, my yeah, gosh, that's how, right. I remember that. There's like three that. or four people. I'm like, let's go. That's how confident I am that we got this thing wrapped up and locked down. And they did, right? Um, did. And they went on the road and took care of business. And then I think we came back home and took care of business again. But, uh, yeah, I'm concerned, Zach. I'm very concerned. Like, Oh, you are? Yes. Like, what are, what are our goals here? To win it all, right? It it's all. not just to make it out of the second round anymore. No. Like, I don't care about that, okay? That's crazy to think that that's where we were a year ago. Right. We were like, what if it's just Western Conference Finals? Yeah. Would it be okay? Right. That's that's the Nuggets talk now. I mean, that's kind of where we are with the Nuggets because they haven't done anything yet. they got to get to the finals. Uh, yep. I, well, we can have the discussion, Zach. We can have it. But right now with the Avs, how can you not be concerned with what you're watching, Okay. The injuries that have happened, and will these guys return, and what kind of form will they be in, and, you know, yada, 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 is our goalie that's never really been in the spotlight up to the task of being, you know, in the big moments. Um, Gorgiev. Yeah, close. Georgiev. No, 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 no. The first one, Georgiev. 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 Yeah, Uh, Will was trying to walk me through that last week. Um, I was trying, I thought more about the end. Yevyev. That Yev. Right, thought more about that than the, that. No, than the beginning, <laughs> but I wanted to stick that. I felt like I did the first part, whatever. Oh, and here's the other thing, and and I'll give credit to um, our guy here, uh, Matt Smith, who does a really good job with with the Avalanche and the Avalanche talk, and follows them really closely. He was like, you know, we're calling off, calling him off the ledge at the trade deadline. Yeah, Avs didn't do anything. I, uh, don't tell me about this like, random guy that they're going to bring to. Well, put hold him on in. a second. Hold on a second. We'll see how it ages. There was a lot I'm, of opinions uh, just like that last year about no, a, no, a, a Josh so. Manson. Yes, uh, I, no, I don't. Not, not to this degree. Not to the. They didn't make big, a big move. They didn't make or a big two. Move. Like to go all in. They didn't push their chips all in the middle here. And uh, you know, you, you look at the Eastern Conference, and there was a lot of big moves all in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, a lot of talent went that way. Is it a coincidence that after the deadline, what zero and two, zero and two after the deadline? Yeah. And you know, how did the locker room feel about it? What will this team look like moving forward? But you had a chance to really push your chips all in, you know, and and, and see how it will unfold, and they really didn't do that. And now we'll see how it plays out, but early returns are eh, not so good. That's where I'm at with the Avs right now. Where are you? That's fair. Um, obviously, losing three games in a row is not ideal. 
uh, giving up 14 goals over a two-game span is about as unfamiliar in Avs territory as uh, I can remember. In fact, um, according to ESPN, the Avs, as an Avalanche team, have never given up seven goals in back-to-back games. That's never happened. The last time it did in, in, in this franchise's history, you got to go back to when they were the Nordiques in, in 1990. The, the, the Quebec? Yeah. Nordiques? The Nordiques. Nordiques. So, like, that's, that's where, how far you have to go back to what we've witnessed with the Avs in the last week. Now, now, things evened out to not to the degree you would want last night when they lost in overtime uh, against the Kraken, but they pick up a point. But, I mean, but, but up 2-1 late in that game, you got to close yeah, the door. Yeah. Especially when you're sitting there under four and a half. Oh, look at you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Under four and a half, and you let them score there with uh, under two minutes, uh, the, right at two minutes left to go in the game. You, you can't allow that to happen, especially to tie it up. And now my under four and a half is gone. And, and Somebody's going to win 3-2. That's right. You follow that? That's, that's usually how that, that goes. Logic? Yeah. Now, if the Avs could score and go up 3-1, probably a wrap. You're going to hit that under four and a half. They only had seven shots on goal in the third period in Ridiculous. overtime. I don't even think Absolutely. they possessed like, the you're puck winning. You're winning. You have it. And, and you and you just give it up like that, and you're not aggressive, and you're not getting the shots off on goal. Uh, I think overall, I don't have it in front of me. They had like twenty something shots on goal, low twenties, I think, is what it was. And I like that in overtime, quick, quick, with the quickness taking the L. Just can't have that happen. You got that game, you got it won. Yeah, not ideal. So three losses in a row, and the questions at goaltender are so real and actually all too familiar for us around here. And, I, and I, I just have this, not pit in my stomach, but just feeling in my gut that we're going to be going into these playoff games like, who's, who's starting in goal? Who's between oh, the pipes? I mean, we, another year like that. Yeah. In I the mean, playoffs. We saw the four-string goalie over the weekend. Like in Dallas. Like Gorgiev was pulled in the second after giving up five goals on 19 shots. Not ideal. Uh, Keith Kincaid is in there with his Bruins pads. Um, in a 7-3 to three loss, oh. Ananen gave up six goals on Ugh. Wednesday, last Wednesday, to, to the Devils. Uh, Where's Fran- our other guy at? Where He's hurt. Pavel Fransos, he's been missing yeah. for the better part of a month. He's got one of those lower body in- uh, injuries. Do we have an update on him and his health? And when, you know, and obviously. Not an exact timetable. He, no. he was a big part of last year. Yeah. Right? Huge. And uh, the one-two punch there. And. You know, you need him to be part of the mix just in case. You know, right? Emergency break glass type of deal. Yeah. Obviously, he's not the the the, the starter, the go to, but you need him just in case. All right, well, we're going to continue to follow this. Obviously, uh, it's only going to gain more and more importance as the days go on. Georgiev uh, much better yesterday. Still a loss. Okay, but this goaltender situation. I just wonder on the scale of one to ten how problematic it is, and we'll continue to discuss it. Oh, well, today. And it's just the start of what should be a busy month for the Broncos in March, trying to right this ship. We'll catch you uh, catch you up on the timetable of events over the next couple days and what you need to know that already happened this morning. All that is coming up next.